You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwan. So I want to talk about the law of the Spirit first this morning. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Many of you have heard me teach this so much, you can probably quote it by now. Now concerning the spiritual brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. This is very important for the believer's life. Because what Paul is saying here is now concerning things relate to heaven, I don't want you to be ignorant. Or now concerning the way God operates, I don't want you to be ignorant. But believers in general are far too spiritually ignorant today. And that includes me. You know, I've got a a doctorate in theology, and I consider myself to be too spiritually illiterate. One of the reasons is because the more I learn about God, the more I realize how little I know about God. And then I say to myself, if I know very little about God, how much less do the people that I'm speaking to, the people that are hearing what I'm saying, know about God? And so my encouragement is we have got to move from being spiritually illiterate or spiritually ignorant, not having knowledge of is what it literally means there in the Greek, over into experiencing an understanding of God. And that's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, these are things that we have to learn. We have to learn how the kingdom operates so that we can experience the blessings of the kingdom. You know, when I hear people talk from time to time about what they're not experiencing, and then I hear their words, and their words give them away. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can tell what I believe about God by what comes out of my mouth. I can know what you believe about God. Not what you think about Him, but what you believe about Him by listening to you talk to other people. Listening to you talk to your coworkers. Listening to you talk to your children or your your friends, I can get an understanding of what you really believe about God. But but Paul says, man, this is monumentally important. I don't want you to be ignorant about how God operates. In John chapter 14, verses 15 through 16, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, or you'll keep my words. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter. This words here, another comforter, a lost paracletus, literally means a comforter that will be so close to you, you can't get rid of him. And it'll be one that is just like me. See, Jesus said, if you will keep my commandments. Now, if you've been born again and 
you know, your spirit has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are now endued with power, and the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you operating in power. Okay, so he's there. But what he is desiring is fellowship, relationship. I mean, everyone here has a shirt on. Thank the Lord. Everyone here has a a shirt on, right? That shirt is with you. It's literally a lost paracletos. It is on you. It's attached to you. But you don't spend any time fellowshipping with your shirt, getting to know your shirt, right? Many of us treat the Holy Spirit just like that. Oh, yeah, I've got him. He's hanging on somewhere. But he's saying, no, let's have intimacy Get to know the way I think. Get to know the way I feel. Get to know the way I operate. He literally desires to be so close to us, and not only that he knows us better than we know ourselves, but we get to the point that we begin to know him better than we know ourselves. Because if we can get to know him better we know ourselves, then ourselves will start to become like him. And we'll get to know ourselves maybe even better. But, that, but because we don't know the Holy Spirit, because we don't know the spiritual things in life, it's one of the reasons why we really don't have an understanding of how heaven operates. And in Matthew 6, when, when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. See, he was teaching them that, hey, hey, God is holy. He's separated. He's, he's not separated from you, but he's separated from sin. He, his nature is goodness. His nature is life. Kingdom come. He says, your kingdom, Father, come on earth. See, when we're spiritually ignorant, we don't understand that that things in this earth, things in this very time of history, things in your very life should be operating today like they are in heaven. But every day, we find areas where our lives are not operating like they should be in heaven, right? And that's because we don't have the intimacy, the relationship. Our reaction to things oftentimes are not heavenly. Sometimes they're very, they're very soulish. How dare you do that to me? Well, who do they think they are? Don't they know who I am? Why did I get overlooked for that opportunity? See, it's very, a very selfish reaction. But see, Jesus said, no, we should be living every day in this relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can teach us exactly how to live the way God lives. So we need to to become knowledgeable. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. Because we have this advocate. We have this helper living on the inside of us. That he does. He wants to be our advocacy, but he wants to be our helper. He wants to lead us and guide us. But generally, we call upon him after we've already messed things up. 
It's like the one guy said, man, it's really getting bad. Maybe we ought to pray. And the one guy goes, has it come to that? And a lot of times that's how we treat God. We call on the Holy Spirit after we've messed everything up, and now we've got a problem. We've got a situation. We have something we have to deal with. And in fact, God is saying, look, if you were spiritually developed, there'd be less pain on the backside because there'd be more relationship on the front side. So generally, we don't call upon our advocate or our helper until we've already done things wrong, messed things up, we've smoked the wrong things, we've drank the wrong things, we ate the wrong things, we've touched the wrong things, we believe the wrong things, and so we did the wrong things. But he's saying, if you do things my way, if you do things according to the spiritual dimension, life would be different. In Romans 8, 5, it says, for those who live According to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, those who live according to the way God lives, they set their things on the mind of the Spirit. I want to know how the Holy Spirit wants to do things. I want to know what things the Holy Spirit wants to do. When He wants me to do them or if He doesn't want me to do them. I want to have the mind of the Spirit every day. See, according to the flesh means living by what you feel, what you hear, and what you see. Oh, I feel rotten today. The stock market's down. What's that have to do with your financial future? Your hope isn't in Wall Street. You may have a lot of money in Wall Street, but your hope's not in Wall Street. Your financial plan's not in Wall Street. According to the flesh means living by the senses, having more assurance in the knowledge of the world than in what the Holy Spirit or what the Word of God is telling you to do. More desire in satisfying one's own wants or wishes than God's. Well, maybe I'll take three or four weeks off from church because, you know, next Sunday I've got the Cardinals game to go to and then the sons will be in town. Then I think we'll take a vacation, and eh, maybe we'll swing by Vegas on the way back in. and make, We'll just skip church for a while. It affects you. I'm not saying missing a, a service at church to do something for family when it's the first opportunity you've had in, in weeks or months is going to, to be the determining factor in your spiritual makeup. But I will tell you, the longer that you are away from the Word the more your spiritual progression regresses and the more the flesh progresses. And I'll tell you the one person who doesn't even realize it, that's you and me. Because the more that we regress spiritually and progress in the flesh, the more we justify things. I don't need the big box. You know how many times I've heard people say that? And then I look at their lives, what a mess they're in. I don't need the big box church. I can stay home. I got my Bible. I can worship on Sunday. I can catch one of them television preachers if I need a little extra kick. But the whole time, they don't realize that their spiritual life is regressing. That's why we're told not to forsake the gathering together of the saints. You have something I need. I have something you need. They have something that you need. 
in our corporate times of worship, in our times of fellowship, in the gathering together. There is a connection, there is an energy that develops when the saints come together. And it's a spiritual connection. And it's important for our spiritual lives. God said those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And in truth, if you're not developing your spirit, how much are you worshiping Him in spirit? Well, I said three hallelujahs and two praise the Lord's. Aren't I good for a week? He wants a connection. He wants a relationship. So here's five points to living by the Spirit. Number one, living by the Word of God. Right here. My words, they are life to all who find them and health to all their flesh. The Word of God, the Bible. It's important. And you know what? Today, you have so many ways to get it on the inside of you. You can YouTube it. You can download it to MP3. You can physically read it. And some people still physically read. I know for some of you Gen Xers and Zs, it may be a, a concept that's, that's, that's leaving you. But, but you can actually buy a paper Bible and read the Bible. You can get the Word. You can get it through your headphones. I mean, while you're driving, you could be out riding a horse. And still getting the Word of God on the inside of you. If you choose. Man shall not live by food alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4 4 and Deuteronomy 8.3. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is meant to fill your spiritual appetite. Number two. Number two is living by the leading of the Holy Spirit, by our helper, our comforter, our advocate. You have a spirit-filled life. The Holy Spirit is, is saying, hey, let me do something. How many times have I you know, heard from people who have been born again and filled with the Spirit for 20 years, but, but, but it was 18 years ago or 20 years ago or 24 years ago. It's the last time they, they prayed in their spiritual language, the last time that they really remembered that, that the Holy Spirit was to lead them, to comfort, to be their advocate. I mean, how would your relationship with your spouse or, or your kids or, or you know, your family be if, if you only talk to them every 15 years? doesn't build strong relationships. So we need to be having a relationship with God every day, a relationship with the Holy Spirit every day, living by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It doesn't say as many as have the Spirit of God. It says those who are led by the Spirit, See, God desires to be active, to be engaged in, in, in your life and in our relationship. Number three, living by faith, not by sight. Faith, not by sight. Sometimes this is very difficult because the flesh really likes to operate by these things, the eyes, the ears, the things that we see, the things that we hear, the things that we can, can feel. I can't believe it. Elder Frank walked by me today, didn't even say hi. I wonder why he's mad at me. All right? Walking by sight. Man, I got an, got an ache in my shoulder. And I wonder if I got arthritis setting in. 
No, you're walking by the flesh. You're walking by your feelings. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes you were healed. So it doesn't matter what tries to attack my body, what virus, what pain, what affliction, what plague. Psalms 91 says, no plagues are allowed near my dwelling. So I refuse their right to my body. Well, you've got a 103-degree temperature. It doesn't matter. The Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. I am healed. And, and this temporary fever is in opposition to the word of God, and therefore it has no right to be in my body. Well, pastor, you're sick. I say I don't deny the symptoms of sickness may exist, but the Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. I refuse to walk by what I see. And there were times in life that I was, if I was walking by, by what I see, I would have had a nervous breakdown. I would have probably had ulcers. You know, and many business people get them because they walk by sight. But I refuse. Letters from the IRS, you know, letters from the attorney's offices, letters from government, you know, departments. Like Jesse DePlanis says, when you get that kind of stuff, you just go, Jesus, you got mail. You know, but you better be in a relationship. I mean, he's not your mailman if you haven't talked to him in 10 years. You got a box for him. But you know what? Over the years, that box, that box has been empty and with very little stuff in it. Because the more that I listen to him, the less this stuff comes. Because the more that I begin to operate based upon his dynamic, based upon kingdom dynamics... World dynamics have to line up because I'm not, going to, I'm not going to allow my senses to rule my life. How many times I've had people say, well, you can't do that. You don't have enough money. What's money have to do with it? If I feel this is what God wants me to do, then we're going to do it. I mean, the, you know, the testimony I share is about this church. I mean, here you, here you go, pa pastors, if you really want the church. It's in foreclosure. All the money's gone. There's no salary. Um, but if you want it, you say, well, God didn't tell us to look at the financial statements. And you know what happened? We stepped out in faith. You stepped out in faith. And here we are today. Right? Not looking at things through the natural lens. Looking at him through God's lens. Living by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I love that scripture. It's too tough, pastor. No. This is the victory that overcomes the world, my faith. If I can believe for it, we can do it. You can believe for it, you can do it. This is the victory that has overcome the world. There's no exceptions in there. Oh, except the government tell you you can't. No, it doesn't say that. Except you don't have enough money. No, it doesn't say that. Except you're not old enough. No, it doesn't say that. Except you're too old. No, it doesn't say that. Nope. All your excuses mean nothing in light of the Scripture. 
Jesus said, if you are born again, the victory is in this, your faith. Without it, it's impossible to please God. He wants you to use it. And that's why you can't look at things in the natural. You can't be moved by the things that you see. Because faith overcomes the world. Overcomes the things that you can see. Number four. Desiring God's will more than your own. This one stops a lot of believers right in their tracks. They say it, oh yeah, I want God's will in my life. But first we're going skiing. No, we got a date at the beach. Can't go feed the homeless. Can't go knock on doors. Can't work the fireworks stand. Can't help out at the garage sale. Can't help out the car show. Got things to do, pastor. But you know... I'm all about God. I'm all about God. You know, it's interesting. Here's, here's, a, great, here's a great example. Leon, I'm going to use you as an example. It's about probably just before COVID or something. You said, I wish I could do more. But you guys are faithful in your financial support of this church. And I talked to your last pastors. You were, as faith, you were faithful to them. And you know what? He may not be able to lift 200-pound benches and, and go out and rake the entire parking lot, but the faithfulness to God makes it possible so others can, right? We all do our part. We don't just do the easy part, right? I mean, it's, it, I love to do the easy part. I mean, if I could just send in 20 bucks a week, go home and put my feet up on my recliner, and go, I'm doing my part, God. I would love it. No. We all listen for the Holy Spirit to tell us what our part is, and then we do it to the best ability that we can do it. Amen? Amen. Desiring God's will more than ours. Galatians 5.24 And those who are Christ, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes it's not what we want to do. I mean, there's times where I have to get up and go, Lord, do we really need to do this today? Jesus was challenged with the same thing. But ultimately, what did he say? He said, not my will, but your will be done. See, that's how our, our, our life has to be. Our attitude has to be. That is part of our spiritual makeup. God's desire and will first, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 8 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Well, I didn't find any joy in it. Well, have it anyways. Count it all joy, even if you didn't like it. Count it all joy. Give thanks. You can find something to be thankful for. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. See, do everything in light of what God would want you to do. That's why it's so important to have the relationship with the Holy Spirit, so you can know what God wanted you to do. That's why it's so important to have the Word on the inside of you, so you can know what God wanted you to do. How many times I've had people come to me and say, Oh, Pastor, I really feel God wants, wants to do this. What do you think about it for the church? Give me chapter and verse. Well, I don't have chapter and verse, but this television preacher, this doesn't say to do what television preachers say to do. 
And there's some good ones. Did you hear that? There are some good ones. See, but if you have this on the inside of you, you can tell the ones that are shoveling hay and the ones that are shoveling sticks. And you need to be as smart as an old cow. Eat the hay and leave the sticks. Amen? Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God. Number five, walk in love. You were designed to walk in love. But see, the flesh doesn't like to walk in love because the flesh is greedy. It's selfish. It thinks of itself. But 1 Peter 2.15 says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, by loving others, by doing things that others wouldn't to, to, to help, to express, to reach into to people's lives who aren't going to give you anything back. See, God loved me when I couldn't even love him. And that love he had now shed abroad in my heart, but also in your hearts. He, the love of God has been shed abroad in the hearts of the believers. You have the capability. In John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. We are designed to walk in love. This world needs a church that loves. They don't need another church that's judging. They're sinners. They're going to sin. They're going to do everything that is sinful. That is their nature. And they may have remorse over it. They may struggle with it. They may even come to the altar because of it. But it is their nature so don't be surprised at the depravity of the world. But you're to love them. We're to love them. Just like the Good Samaritan. You remember the story, right? Where all the religious people came upon the, the man who had been beaten, and they all went to the other side of the road and walked by because he wasn't their problem. The world doesn't need a church like that. The world needs the church that sees the person who's broken in whatever lifestyle they're living and loves them. And loves them. He's not looking for us to go and, and, and trick them into coming to church. He's looking for us to love them. And sometimes it's not easy. But those who are Christ, they've crucified the flesh with its own desires. Romans 8, 8 and 11 says, So then those who are in the flesh can't please God. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit that dwells in you. See, God desires nothing but the best for you. God desires... Go ahead, Jared. God desires health, and wholeness for you. God desires for you to live just like he lives in heaven. There is no sickness and there is no disease, but it's his desire that we learn to work, operate in that, that we can stand face to face with the problems of the worlds, the plagues of the worlds, the viruses of the worlds, the sicknesses of the worlds, and stand against it with the word of God. And no matter what symptoms come upon us, we continue to believe the word of God. 
You have nothing to lose. <laughs> right? To die is gain. But to live is Christ. It means if I die, I get to now start experiencing all the blessings of heaven in heaven. But until that day, I'm going to continue to, to, to promote, to proclaim, and to operate just as Christ did, to the best of my ability. When I fall, when I fall short, I'm going to ask for forgiveness and redirection. But the good thing is, is he never falls short. And he said, if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Right? So today, if you're experiencing any type of, I'm going to call it symptom in your body, we know that for you have been healed. By, your, by his stripes you are healed. So it can only be a symptom of something that's trying to violate the word of God in your life. It can be spiritually. It can be physically in your body. It can be financially. It can be relationally. doesn't matter. But if you're here and you want prayer for that, I want to agree with you in prayer. And before we leave, we're going to pray for you who are watching by live stream. And those in the congregation that aren't here that may not be on live stream, we're going to pray for you. So I want to invite you, if you want prayer this morning, just to come, and I'll agree with you in prayer this morning. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwab. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, if I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480 545 4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com. Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.